You're listening to CFRC 1019 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is an interesting week. Yeah. T- Taylor's phoning this one in. I had a very, very <laughs> busy weekend, and I am beat. And then on top of having a very busy weekend, I've launched, I think maybe I've mentioned on the show, I'm a workshop facilitator mm-hmm. in my normal life. Mm-hmm. And um, about once a month, more like every other month, I run a youth program. And so all, normally for almost three weeks straight from 9 to 12, I'm talking. Mm. So I started another youth program this morning yeah. after a whirlwind weekend. So I'm I'm a little tired. A little tired. A little, little fatigued. But you're t- you're letting us know right off the bat though that you're phoning yeah. it in. So like, you know, I don't want it's any, better than just phoning it in. I don't want any emails <laughs> saying Taylor, your voice sounded different. Taylor, you're your. Or it'll whatever. be more like Mike, you're dominating. Yeah. The episode. Let you're, not, you're not letting more. Taylor talk. You're We're like, only kidding, guys. We <laughs> love you. You can email us in and say if I sound different or if Mike's being a tyrant. But I'm we just like saying, those. you know, usually if we get feedback, it's not as nice as the way you were just presenting it. Like, <laughs> the, yeah, they would be calling me a tyrant or saying, like, I don't understand how much space I occupy. And yeah. Like, you know, that's all that stuff. And you and, know what? I live for those those fan questions as much as i love like the nice fan questions i love every once in a while like every Mm -hmm. maybe more than every six months but every once in a while we get that super random just a prickly where do you get off who do you think you are who do you think you are i love those the anonymous ones the anonymous ones they never write back in or if they do they don't identify themselves the past couple weeks it seems like our fans went to the Tyler Vance school of email writing because the past couple of weeks has been well thought out. Lots of different unique words. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful emails. comments. Like the past couple of weeks, I feel like weeks we've really been diving in. Well, maybe because we did the Taylor Swift thing and we, we dove into something that people actually wanted to really talk about. And we left, we gave everyone space yeah. to, so keep doing that. Keep sending us the really nice, thoughtful um, monologues and also Every once in a while, you can hate on us. Yeah. It keeps us humble. <laughs> yeah. It, uh... let, let us know what you thought of Taylor's performance in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Rate me on a scale of one to five, like my my clients do. I do get I do get critiqued by my my clients. You get a lot of ones. No, but they do fill out the survey in front of me. So. I know some fans who would give you some ones. Oh, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> like I know some of our fans. Oh, 100. And I know ones. they'll probably give you some ones too. Sure. <laughs> you can't you can't please them all. I, I live for ones. My my goal is be number 1. But my question is if you're going to rate someone a 1, like there are people who listen to our show who do not like me. Why are you listening to this podcast? I'm 50% of the show. That's a great question. Just like if someone didn't like you, right? Mm-hmm. What would be You're the point? fifty percent of the show. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do they skip our parts? Maybe that's what. Yeah, maybe they just like like let's say they hated me. They skip when I'm speaking to when you're speaking and just make vice it versa. Like, yeah, make it like it's a conversation with them and you. Ooh, 
cool. Yeah, there you go. We solved Anyways, it. Anyways. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what to expect this episode. Taylor's phoning it in. Um, we do have a couple fan questions. We're, we are going to do a wedding update. Yeah. Because you did have a big weekend, which is why you're, you're phoning this in. Um, and I saw two movies, and I just uh, told Taylor why I saw two <laughs> movies. And it's because I saw one movie and went, I can't fill a whole episode with what I just saw. So I had to go see another one. And that that's dedication, guys. That's how yeah, much, that's, that's how <laughs> dedicated I dragged we are. my butt out of my apartment and saw a second movie. Yeah, there this you weekend. go. Well, I just I that honestly happened. Like, and I'll and I'll reveal later Ooh. as to to which one and whatever because we I I reviewed two movies this week and one of them I saw and I just kind of went. I, you know, one of those movies, you know, whether that's what well, we talked about last Kinda week, like we where we're just like, it was, it was like, good. It was, it was fine. It was good. I don't really have much else to say. <laughs> and you so know, I thought I better see something else. You know, it's funny when you when you first conceived of this show, you said, how about we both see two movies each every week? The different. original idea of the show and what even the first few episodes tried to do was, mo- yeah, like anywhere between three to five. Too movies. much content. Yeah. Now we can barely review one movie. We basically can each see one or, or yeah, maybe two or one together, and that's it. Like, yeah. there's no – we can't do really more than that. And we it's talk too much. We do. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I just thought – because even looking at reviews that are written and YouTube reviews and stuff, they're all pretty short, you know, yeah. t- 10 minutes per movie. So that's why I was more thinking – I guess I just didn't think we'd get the fan response we did. It's true. That's part of it because we like last week and the week before we spent twenty minutes on fan questions, and we love so, it. So that's great. It's my favorite segment of the show. Well, let's get to it then. If yeah. You're, if it's your favorite, oh, speak of the devil, Tyler, Tyler. Vance, uh, the original creator of of the emails. Um, he he actually did write. I will say this was meant for last week's episode, um, and I did see it. Just before we, we went to record, I saw it. Yeah, we didn't have enough time. But I looked at all the other emails and went, I already have enough long emails, Tyler. I'm going to bump you to next week. So, and because he's a fan go. of the show, we can do that. If we, you become a regular contributor, we'll bump you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you get. That's your prize. <laughs> your Being regular c- contributor? Oh, well, we can, we can hear from you next week. It's fine. <laughs> um, so Tyler says, with... Taylor boldly venturing into the realm of Terrence Malick, the director of Hidden Life, this coming week. I thought I'd pass along a weird thought experiment I was having on my daily commute. So he actually ends this email by saying he's he's trapped on the subway. So this is what he was thinking while he oh. was sitting on the sub. Th- if subway. he li- so, we don't believe in confidentiality confidentiality on the show, but he's also said it. He lives in Hamilton. There's no subway in Hamilton. If you're commuting to Toronto, my heart goes out to you there. Says Tyler Tyler trapped on a subway Vance. I can imagine. I bet he commutes from Hamilton. And if that's the case. Tyler, do you commute from Hamilton? That That sucks. That is our question. That sucks. (laughs) Um, So he says, the film loving community seems to love directors that carve out an identity for themselves and stick to it. Mm -hmm. This is the classic Artur theory, where the director becomes a true artist only if their filmography continues to grapple with similar series of beats, styles, themes over and over again. Malick is the perfect example. So much of that can be identified, uh, that so much people can identify a Terrence Malick film within the first 30 seconds, 
so for, so little dialogue, so much music, uh, and a camera that seems equally interested in the grass and the sky. <laughs> True. As it as it with people. Switch over to actors. The film loving community seems to love actors that go through massive transformations between roles. These chameleons are heralded as true artists because they can play any part, leaving their true identity behind in the process. Great examples are such artists as Christian Bale, Charlie's Theron, uh, and Joaquin Phoenix, all of whom who have done this transformation performance and have been rewarded with Oscar gold. So why this discrepancy in what uh, we seem to respond to in directors versus actors? Why does our discourse favor repetition for directors but novelty for actors? Is this too simplified? Sincerely, Tyler trapped in a trapped on a subway, Vance. P.S. Really enjoyed your Little Women conversation that sprung from my sassy email a few weeks ago. Your chat brightened my day. <laughs> I didn't find his email sassy. I can't Wasn't even. I can't tell. I can't. I can't. I, don't, I can't think back. <laughs> I don't even remember what I had for breakfast, yeah. let alone what Tyler wrote um, a couple weeks ago. So he brings up an interesting thing that I am not personally, like, I don't personally, I get what he's saying. I just don't personally look at directors the same way as I think everyone does. Like, I'm actually okay with directors branching out and doing something new. But I get what he's saying. Like, people know, and, and when they go see a, a movie by, um, uh, I just saw a preview. You love, Wes you Anderson. love him. Yes, Wes Anderson. You know it's a Wes Anderson movie. I just saw a preview for a new Wes Anderson yeah, movie. Yeah, dispatches and I was like, oh, from yeah. whatever. I was like, this is for sure a Wes Anderson movie. And it's for sure a Taylor movie. Oh, Probably absolutely. while you watch Yeah, that. absolutely. <laughs> Um, but I, I know what he's saying because I, I do agree like the film loving community does seem to like directors when they stick within their wheelhouse. I've just personally liked when directors can, can break out and do something new. But I think it's like comparing apples to oranges. In like a way, what yeah. a director does is different than what an actor does yeah. if that makes sense well so directors think... are responsible for building the world in which you create so when when you like wes anderson films and you love the worlds he creates like if, if you get a feeling of of happiness from seeing yeah, his I'd worlds, be ticked off if all of a sudden he made a christopher worlds. nolan yeah. movie yeah. right yeah. um so yeah i mean am i part of that like do I like when my the actors do different things? Yes. Like you list like Joaquin Phoenix, one of my favorite actors, and he's a chameleon. And that's how we know he's a good actor. But I guess with directors, you become an auteur when there's enough consistency in your body of work. And I think that's the, in my opinion, what the underlining argument is that Tyler, like what Tyler's saying is that, you know, when they have hallmarks, right, um, it's that consistency that speaks to greatness. Because you can make one yes. good movie. For sure. But an auteur yeah. makes many good movies. And there I, might be a couple that are yeah. are duds, but it's the consistency of the filmmaker. And the stylistic things they do that they do well. I think people want to see them again because it's their thing. Like Christopher Nolan, Wes Anderson, they do certain things very well. And I think you want to see those things yeah, time and time again. I think the difference is you want a consistent world building. Yes. But we want varied characters. Oh, absolutely. And you want you want when you go to see 
a movie, whatever the movie is, and let's just say you're going to see Joaquin Phoenix. You want Joaquin Phoenix's Joker to be different than the Joaquin yeah. Phoenix character that he was in her, even though there are similarities to like the the downside of who that person is and their backgrounds. You want it to be different because then it feels real. Yeah, and I think that speaks to the talent of those actors where they can inhabit yeah. inhabit different skins. But, you know, I also like character actors who typically play the same type of, you know, like, yeah. like are they Oscar winning? No. Maybe not. But, like, there's something to be said about being able to, you know, you're seeing Steve Buscemi kind of play a weird guy. He has done other roles where they yeah. are very different. Like, his, yeah. his character on Boardwalk Empire, mm -hmm. I think, would be kind of um, an outlier in terms of his career. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. There's certain, there's certain actors who always give consistent performances playing the same type of characters and it doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think the differences as well as I think when you're when you're a director and you're honing your craft, you also I think become comfortable with certain things, certain things that you do. Like one of the things I talked about that I didn't like about Aladdin was some of the things that the director brought with Guy him. Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. His like normal style. Yeah, of... which didn't work. Had he not brought his style into that movie, the movie would have been better. I still think it's weird that they got Guy Ritchie to do Aladdin. Oh, for sure. But if Guy Ritchie can do it, like that to me, that that's where I am not part of that think. Because if Guy Ritchie can do a really good Aladdin movie. Let him do an Aladdin Let him do an Aladdin but movie. But he didn't do but it. But he didn't do so it. So don't let him. He did what his version of it. It's the re same reason why I didn't want Quentin Tarantino touching Star Trek. It's not because I don't think it wouldn't be interesting. You don't want to see gangsters in space. No, because that's not what Star Trek is. That That's a different thing. He could do a different thing in space if he wants. But it's not what Star Trek is. So... Quentin Tarantino style because I've never seen him do anything differently wouldn't work but that doesn't mean there aren't other directors that would and that doesn't mean that all directors I think necessarily fit into a fit into a box I think there's lots of difference Sam Mendes is one director who's sem somewhat new to the Hollywood scene but has now done a couple films that are quite different but you can start to see him building similarities in the way he likes to use the camera in the way he likes to create long shots um, he directed one of the James Bond movies and he directed um, 1917 yeah so there were similar long shots in both but there were some differences as well so I think it all comes down to you know what you identify and what you want there people are going to do it if, if like money talks if people go to see wes anderson movies and love it because of the style why would he ever do anything different yeah and i i keep thinking of sort of like a painting metaphor where you know artists spend years and years and years typically painting within one type mm -hmm. of genre or one type of style and they're spending all those years crafting yeah and how is that any different from a director, right? No, like that, it's not. Like, no. Um, I mean, what Tyler, I guess, is getting at is, okay, if the if a director is a painter mm -hmm. and we applaud their honing of their mm -hmm. craft in a specific genre or theme, why do we not hold – like, why would we say, like, oh, like, Tom Hanks always plays Tom Hanks characters, although people love Tom Hanks, so that's not a good uh, – comparison but you know what i'm trying to say is no that... i think it's because exactly what you're saying the 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 actor is the portrait that's being painted the yeah the, we don't you know... always want to yeah 
we don't necessarily always want to see a bowl of fruit, but we want to see the the paint. So I guess the actor is the content yeah. and the director is the painter. Oh, I, I 100% even back to my theater days agree with that. The director's sole responsibility is to create the world for others to play in. You cannot play in the world unless the world is created and built. The act, the director influences the world, but I think a good director allows people to play in it. But you, but the the actor does not create the world. The actor yeah. is not responsible, and in good films, doesn't have the control to to create the world that's being built. Worlds have to be consistent with rules, or we don't like it. And acting can be exactly what you're saying. You you want to see variety, and you want like to I want to see a still life. I want to see, um, you know, a portrait. I want to see a landscape, but I want to see all those three things within the same style. Like yeah. I don't want to see one impressionist, one yeah. Renaissance, and so that's that's my personal opinion. That's why I, you know, I will probably anytime Wes Anderson releases a movie, I'm gonna go see it because I love that style of painting so to speak mm -hmm. right and i love that the actors he uses even though it's the same actors they're doing completely different things well they are and and they they do different unique interesting things and even when you get an actor who hasn't done a wes anderson film is almost this like oh cool that's the next person he gets to work with it's the same feeling i have when like christopher nolan does a movie and it's a different group of mm -hmm. actors or there's a new lead even with quentin tarantino where it's like here's someone he's never worked with before yeah it's interesting what is tarantino gonna do with margot robbie yeah with brad pitt who like that now he did in glorious bastards but that's how i felt going yeah. into glorious bastards like brad pitt's never done a tarantino mm -hmm. movie that's interesting and i and you don't even although think he was in True Romance, well, which was written, written by, by but, but different than directing. The, I know, know the but still. The the... Yes. Um, but again, I think that that – I think you're bringing up a really good point, and I think that's probably why people it's like that. It's a flawed metaphor or analogy, but whatever it, you want it, to use. But, but I it think – It works. Yeah. So that's your answer, Tyler. That's as good as it's going to get today. And I will say I, I still look forward to directors doing something different and, and experimenting a well, little like, bit. And um, I, do, I do like that as well. The guy who did Knives Out. Oh, Ryan Johnson? Yeah, he's doing really different stuff. Yeah, and he – I mean he came off of a, a of a Star Wars movie. And then right? he, he made did, a you know, murder mystery. Yeah, so. so he's doing different things. But his convention is more in writing. You'll notice he likes to subvert expectations. Right. That's not necessarily what he does with camera or on on film acting or building the world. He likes to do that within his writing. But I think he's a director who's still developing style, yeah. and developing things. But yeah, that that's a great. You can't get more different than Knives Out and and Star Wars. No, you I, you just can't. So, but the auteur, they're like the Renaissance painter, mm -hmm. like. They have a consistent body of work. I, the yeah, whole, for sure. the definition I learned of auteur in film classes was that you would essentially be able to, out of a lineup, pick the movies yeah. made by that director. Yeah, and I and I think that that is definitely true of the one. People but you could be about. a very good director and not be considered an auteur. Mm -hmm. It's just that your body of work doesn't have enough consistency yeah. to be able to say, 
oh, that's a Wes Anderson movie yeah. or whatever, whatever. right? Yeah. So, And that Wes Anderson is, is a good example of someone with a very, very, very specific style, feel, and look. And I think that Christopher Nolan has that as well. Just the look of it. Yeah. Within one second, I, I think Tyler said 30 seconds, you can tell Terrence Malfoy. I think with Wes, Wes Anderson, it's one second. Tide- Title card. Title card. You know from a title card. It's I knew within the first six seconds of the preview. The music. Like, it was like the music playing and the way the camera comes up and the color scheme. I was like, that's Wes Anderson. Like it's one hundred percent. Like it's and just, I love that. Yeah, and it's like it's like. Um, I think there's room for sitting both. on your favorite chair with your favorite blanket, yeah. drinking hot chocolate. Yeah. That to me is a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. And maybe, Consistent and you know everything. what? Some people probably feel that way about Terrence Malick. They yeah. know they're going to cozy up. They know what to expect. They're going to deal with um, themes that they love to explore. I just think um, auteur is just a, a specific definition for a specific type of director. What I really, this this will be a bit of a, a bit of a deep cut, but um, so after the first Avengers movie, Joss Whedon. Yes. Directed that after coming off of all his TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Then he did his black and white artsy film, Much Ado About Nothing. Yes. I can't think of a better contrast because I saw both very close right. to each other. When I, I watched Avengers, I watched Much Ado About Nothing. Within the writing and the way characters speak to each other, I could tell that they're both joss whedon films yeah but by looking at them you, you wouldn't would know. never know if you had like ter- closed your eyes but listened, yes, you yes. would have been able because to tell he, he again just like ryan johnson it, his sort of style you see in writing in yeah. the way that he likes to have characters banter and the way he likes to create strong characters and the way they like associate with the each characterization other, the characterizations but when you visually look at it which a big part of directing is building the world the world of avengers and the world of much to do about nothing could not be more different mm-hmm. and a lot of the same actors were in both but so different in in the construction of it i think to me that also screams a great act a great director yeah is somebody who can build worlds and do different things and make it feel different but also somewhat the same but can can do much to do about nothing mm-hmm. and can go do avengers and then can go off and do something else. Like has that ability. Maybe a musical. I don't know. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you, Tyler, for for that. Jasper has our next question. Mike, any thoughts on the new Star Trek show Picard? You and your Star Trek correspondent said you were excited for it, but we haven't heard from you since. Tyler's um, trapped on a subway. He can't. He can't respond. Yeah, Tyler has uh, is unfortunately still trapped on the subway and can't watch Star Trek Picard. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyler, write in and give me your thoughts, but, like, I, I think it's pure trash. Yeah, your Twitter is pretty aggressive against. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, I don't know anything about this show, but I know Mike doesn't like it. I, I, I can't I can't conceive of of a worse way this could have gone, and and that's pretty bad because I'm one who believes that. Isn't you, it the original actor? Well, yeah. It is. And you'd think that with that sort of, I don't know, gravitas behind it, that sort of like anchoring. But it seems like it's written and created by people who, who read about Star Trek but they, have never they seen skimmed, it. They skimmed, yeah, they skimmed the it. They're like, what, what, is, what is Jean-Luc Picard like? Oh, well, he likes tea and he says engage. Okay, make sure he does that in this. And that's it. Like, otherwise, it has nothing to do with Star Trek The Next Generation or any Star Trek. Like, it's it's not even of the same universe and i've read think pieces 
on this because they're like Star Trek is a big thing. You can't. Oh deny yeah, it. it's a there's thing. like conference, like you academic can, conferences can, about it. Oh, you can major in Klingon. Yeah, in school. Um, the thing that like I. This is where the consistency conversation comes in. When you establish something in a world, in a, a universe, canon. in a, can- a canon, and then you're just like, ah, it doesn't matter. Why? Why develop it? Why spend all this time? Why spend five TV series? It, it, it's as if I just hate the idea of like, okay, well, it's it's 2020 and Star Trek is broken, so we have to fix it. It's not because at the same time, while I'm watching Star Trek Picard and while I, I had watched season two of Discovery and I, I will still give it a shot and, and see what season three is kind of like, but then I'm out. I'm re-watching Star Trek from, like, the 90s, and it's way better. It holds up. Oh, not only does it hold up, the writing is smart and intelligent. Like, there's just so many decisions they make in Star Trek Picard that the reason why something happened is because. We've had this discussion before about when um, when there's reboots and um, or maybe continuations and... Uh, the writers or the director has decided to th- throw out well-established canon, you might as well just write the story you want to write, but with different characters. Well, yeah, why not make a why sci-fi movie? Why use yeah. the intellectual property? I mean, I know why. It's Money. because it, they they know that it, the intellectual property will put butts in seats, yeah. hence the Joker. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. That, You're 100% right. Going back to the Joker, that movie could have been made Without the intellectual property of Absolutely. DC. Well, and, and a lot of people say that's the strength of of a good movie is that it stands alone. And and I, I, I believe that the best movies that are of a genre stand alone as good movies. Like the best superhero movies are just good movies. Yeah. But I don't – I 100% agree with you and that's one of the things I don't like about it. It's like why wanna, use the character? If you want to abandon canon, go for it. Just don't build it in the universe. Like if they were to make – if they were to make a new Buffy, which there's been talks they that are. they're they're, they revamping they're revamping Buffy, Buffy yeah. and if they decided to, I don't know, rewrite the whole backstory of Spike, you know what I mean? Write a different vampire. And it's show. also like it's gonna be it's gonna be exactly that. It's gonna be rewrite Spike, so Spike is kind of like I don't know, maybe he'll be like a half cat like creature. Yeah, um, some BS, and, you know. And and it'll be in the tone of Riverdale. And it'll be this sort of like modern take of it, but that's not why we loved Buffy. Yeah, like I like do that's not, not why we want Spike to be Spike. Don't if you want to make a, a a Buffy for 2020, make a Buffy for 2020, but don't make it Buffy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Make a new thing. Make yeah. something new. Gosh, it could even be about a vampire hunter. Why can't but yeah? Name why, it a different thing. Why can't it be Veronica, <laughs> vampire hunter? Like, why does it have to be? Why does it have to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer? And that's the exact same. That's exactly how I feel about this. This is not John Luke Picard. Spirit. Yes. It's not this in is the not spirit of canon. This is this is a different sci-fi thing. And as a different sci-fi thing, sure, I'm sure there's lots of merit. There's lots of things, but you can't. But call pres- it. Tony. Exactly. Call like, it call it Tony, the guy from space. The old man t- Tony, old man in space. Like fine. I watch it. Sign I'll, me up. I'll, starring Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Great. I don't even know what that is. I'm going to watch it. And I bet you there would be lots of things out of this that I would be like, "Oh, this is kind of a cool way to look at the future." Star Trek looks at future as a positive atmosphere with great 
characterizations, and it's always been Captain Picard who's above everything else versus everything. He has he has a certain um, a certain code he lives by right. that is created because the Federation is a group of people made up of Earth and other plat- planets that they've turned into a xenophobic, very like crude, f bomb dropping civilization, which makes no sense. There are some actions that are taken in this TV series that you could go back and say, well, you know, these things have happened, sure, by smaller groups of people, by this, whatever. But it's handled in such a poor way that you could take this you could take this exact same story and still make it a Star Trek thing by tweaking some things. But I still feel like it's a bunch of people who don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, I don't. They just don't get it. It's, I'm so sick of reboots or they continuations like or, why can't or sequels in spirit yeah. which i've i've read that term like what no i don't want anything in you know spirit. what i would be okay with if they decided okay we are going like it, it's all these it's the idea of something versus the execution the idea of doing buffy the vampire slayer with joss whedon again but bringing back people being like actually i'm going to take this character and see where they are 20 years later if it's executed well it can be cool yeah you can look back on it and be like that's it. Those are the characters I, I know and miss. And that's what Picard is trying to do. Here's these characters you know you love. We're going to reference things. But they're not the people anymore. They're not I mean, operating in the same world that no. they were operating in. The world in. is different and the people are different. And, and people change, but you have to show us change. And in ca- canon, there has to be continuity, right? So how many years are supposed to have lapsed from what the current show is from the show before that how many years well do you from think? the last from the last movie because the mo- there were four movies right. that continued the show from the last movie this is approximately 20 years later okay so can civilization change that much in 20 years this drastically no now there were two big events there's two big events in star trek canon that happened that they reference as to why things have changed okay i'm okay that a big event can scare people or right. can change mindsets show us that Right. Show us the transformation. What the heck happened? Show us why things are the way they are. And stop using dumb tricks in dialogue by throwing in F words to be like edgy. edgy. If you have to be edgy, it means you're not Alex Kurtzman, who's the executive producer of this, and Brian Fuller and all these dumb people who don't know Star Trek. You're bad writers. They are bad writers. Like Star Trek Discovery and Picard has some of the worst dialogue, worse than the 90s Star Trek. And the 60s Star Trek, which, like, people are like, this is campy, but the dialogue's decent. The the characterizations make sense. The stories are interesting. I am so bored and disgusted by every episode. Now, I'm giving it a chance because I think – I believe, to be fair, you got to give a TV series at least two seasons because the first season, it's finding its legs. The second season, it takes off. Yeah. So I'm pretty much done with Discovery because unless the first episode of the third season is drastically different, I'm like done with that TV series because Star Trek Discovery is just plain garbage. Star Trek Picard is, is getting me to a point where I might only last one season because it's know, so egregiously You bad. know, so Brian Fuller is one of the showrunners. I believe Brian Fuller okay. and Alex Kurtzman. Brian are. Fuller, stop making this shitty space show and make us another season of Hannibal. One of the things was, you know, yeah. all of the actors were like, yes, we're ready for season four. And then Brian Fuller signs on to make to a Star shitty Trek Picard. Yeah. <laughs> to sign on to, to ruin Star Trek. I mean, and he also yeah. signed on for American Gods and got fired after like, the first season. So. What I'm really upset about is there are huge Star Trek fans in Hollywood. So the, the third Star Trek movie of the new ones, like Star Trek Beyond, the, the Simon Pegg. Yeah. J.J. Abrams stuff. J.J. Abrams and Simon Pegg are massive Star Trek nerds. 
They're huge fans. Like Simon Pegg apologized to the Star Trek community when the first trailer came out for Star Trek Beyond being like, yeah, the movie is nothing like this. He had to come out and be like, I know, I know. It's horrible. I, have, I don't understand. I'm with This you. marketing department's weird. I don't know. Believe me, it's nothing like that. And Star Trek Beyond is a great example of, of a Star Trek episode expanded into a movie. It is the perfect Star Trek plot right. and the way they did things because it's written by fans. I don't know what I don't know what these people are doing. Alex Kurtzman's like one of the worst writers on TV. But yeah, it's interesting that Brian Fuller left Hannibal to uh, do this. So all of us all of us fanables out here are like <laughs> What are you doing? What are you doing? Please come home. Yeah. Uh the children miss you. Like <laughs> please. Anyway, Although, those are those are my quick I watched the first Picard. season of American Gods. I thought it was good. I didn't watch the second season because I got off illegally downloading and mm. I didn't have a streaming you service a that streaming service let me it. stream this. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a lie. Amazon Prime has it. So and you I guess have Prime? I do have Prime. I've been considering getting it, but I haven't made my decision. I, it's good. It's good. But I just got, uh, you know, there's so much content. I never got around to the second season of American Gods, but there was a lot of Con- like backstage controversy about that show like yeah, showrunners yeah. were fired mm. actors left sometimes that happens though and you have no idea even why just plagued just plagued like, with yeah, problems yeah what huge issues yeah I've got like I've got Crave Disney Plus and Netflix and I'm just kind of like I have it? Amazon Prime because I, I bought it for the two day shipping yeah. and they just throw in the streaming service that's like a Oh, you want really? free shipping? Here's the streaming <laughs> they service. They just throw that in as a yeah. part of it? Oh. So it's included in There's some good in shows here. on there. I'm it surprised is. that they would just throw it in. And so every, you know, I watch uh, The Marvelous Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, that's That alone is watch. worth yeah. the two-day shipping. Oh, there you go. Because that's really what I'm paying for. Uh, but Tyler, please do write in. Let me know your thoughts on Star Trek Picard. I'd love to do a phoner with you and do a, a quick little Star Trek Picard Phone us from the subway if you have <laughs> yeah, reception. Yeah. Fine. If you find your way out of the subway, Tyler, uh, let us know. Um, but let's let's do a quick uh, uh, wedding update uh, before we dive into my review. So cue my, my awesome little opening that I don't think Taylor has uh, heard yet. The wedding had to be fun. You Get the decorations, family families coming together. That's a nice moment. What'd you have to eat? Crab cakes. Are you kidding me? Crab cakes? How can you not have a good time eating crab cakes? I love them. And They're you phenomenal. Band? Did you have a band? It's a great band. It's a bad band. It's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what. There's music in the Get air. Them playing, shouting. Yeah. Hey, a little bit oh, 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 oh. Shout now. Jump up and shout now. It's now time for a Taylor and Dan wedding update. Here's Taylor. I don't listen to our shows after they <laughs> I know, aired. You, so, uh, so you uh, haven't heard this. But uh, Dan's dad randomly listened to the show oh. one time. He turned on the radio mm-hmm. and it was like, this is my future daughter-in-law. Oh. And he heard the intro. Good. So there you go. I one... mashed together. Well, I didn't mash it. I took something from Wedding Crashers and okay. threw some some tip a typical wedding music thing underneath it and yeah i think he went it's like going to the chapel that song yeah that's that song, right okay. that song's underneath uh the scene at the beginning of wedding crashers where they're talking about weddings but they're trying they're having you know have you seen the wedding divorce crashers? Is the, the divorce is the divorce scene at the beginning shut your mouth when you're talking to me exactly but but there it, it's when vince vaughn and owen wilson are going on a rant about weddings and explaining right. how fun they are and yeah. all those things yeah yeah. Great. So okay. what what were you up to this weekend? Why did you not see some films? Because uh, Dan and I had to go to Brockville for wedding preparation classes. So in the Catholic Church, if you want to get married in a church, 
um, you have to do these wedding prep classes. Yeah, my friend did this. Like, yeah. He, he went through these with his wife, yeah. So um, uh, in Kingston, they've, they've changed the model. It's now, it's now kind of spread out. It's longer. Um, and Dan and I kind of wanted to do the one and done version. So we went oh. to, uh, we went to Brockville, um, <laughs> and it was really great. You know, they talk about, um, parenting, they talk about, uh, kind of finances. They also talk about sort of the spirituality and the theology of marriage from a Catholic point of view. So for people who don't have any kind of religious framework, um, wedding prep kind of probably seems weird or maybe old-fashioned mm-hmm. um, and there's lots of people who want to get married in the catholic church but aren't practicing so to them wedding prep is weird and yeah. old-fashioned but it's yeah. mandatory um in my opinion i think uh everyone should have to take some sort of course i am before so they get glad married. you said that because i'm one of the few people it's not even just about marriage like a lot of life things i think yeah. there should be mandatory courses. a mandatory parenting yes class. thank you okay i don't so many people have gotten so upset at me when i say that but like what is wrong it doesn't with have that? to cost money like no what this... why on the government's dime on the yeah. government's dime the minute you become pregnant you register for a course i don't think that's bad why thing. is that so you have nine ish months of uh that's what it's why for. are you so mad that you it, like to me it's like yeah i want someone to teach me how to change a diaper that, the, if i ever get into a point where i'm married and i'm having a kid i don't care what the the wife i'm with says i'm taking courses oh 100% <laughs> like i'm 100%, 100% i don't know what to do i don't even know how to hold a baby yeah, let like, alone, I, uh, <laughs> like so like i don't really know much about marriage exactly. so why not so this, so this has value to you to i thought it had a lot of value and dan isn't religious in any shape or form and even he got a lot out of it yeah. um i think like anything else in life you get what you put in right totally so if you agree. go in if you go into these sort of things with the mindset that it's stupid you know it's old-fashioned they're like they're gonna try to do whatever you're not going to have a very good weekend, right? Yeah. But if you go in kind of with an open mind, yeah. you might take away some tidbits For that, sure. you know, will help you in the long run. So um, we did that Friday night and then most of the Saturday. Um, and we got our little certificate. So, you know, we now can get married in the Catholic Church. We've been approved. Um, you also have to do a lot of paperwork with the priest. Mm. and they. But we've already done the paperwork. They ask you questions like, to your knowledge are you related to your future spouse like they they <laughs> wow they're like pretty like hardcore thorough <laughs> yeah um but it you know it's again like those questions are pretty good like for sure do you know whether or not you're marrying your cousin like you should it's probably a good question you should probably have that conversation yeah. right and if probably make sure if you need a priest to prompt you for that cool yeah um and then saturday night we drove to hamilton this isn't really wedding related just kind of grown-up life milestones we drove to hamilton spent the night because then we went to kitchener on sunday to pick up our puppy picked up a puppy so you know we're doing we're very old school first you get engaged then you buy the puppy then you get married married. and then you have a baby so okay you're going that route yep we're very are you using the puppy as prep for baby I personally, I am. Dan is. Uh, Dan, on the other hand. Dan just is a really big dog person. Mm. We talked about this before we got on air. I grew up with cats. Yeah, me too. Um, So I like my experience with a puppy really is like I'm learning this. Like obviously I did preparation before, but like I'm very much like learning as I go. And puppies are, and 
I don't want to be that person because you always get the parents that hate on you being like, animals aren't the same as babies. I'm going to be real with, real with you guys. Puppies are very similar well, to babies. Puppies would be, you know, they, they require a level of attention because they're, they're oh, a puppy. Oh, yeah, like, you know, if the puppy wakes up in the middle of the night, you got to take the puppy out to pee. Like, that seems to me very similar to if a baby wakes up in the middle of the night, you got to change his diaper. Yeah. So these people who are, I don't know, the I hate those people who are like, come back to me when you've had a child and you really know what it's like. Well, I you mean, know, I'm, sure, I'm sure there are lots of differences, but it, but as like a prep thing. I think it's good practice. Yeah, it's a good practice on something. Like, it's like. It's I, a living thing. I have two fish and a snail because I'm seeing, can I take the, if I can keep those alive, I can get a cat. Yeah, there you go. Right? Like, so that's why I have two, well, that's not why I have two fish and a snail, but that's what I'm using the two yeah. fish and a snail for. I think any kind prep. of practice is good practice. So yeah. in a way, am I using this puppy to practice for motherhood? Yes. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. There you I go. need the practice. There you go. Um, a- any other updates or was that, that's your, those are your big ones. That's those it. are pretty I'm big. Just waiting. Away for the whole weekend, got a puppy. Yeah. I'm just waiting on my engagement photos to get back. <laughs> other than that. Yeah. There a lot of waiting now. There's our wedding update. Okay. Well, um, I've got two movies to review. Um, uh, so I guess sit back, Taylor. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get to take a load off now. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, as I said, I, I, I went to see the invisible man. You and- didn't say that. Okay. This well, is so brand new this is brand information. New. So I, the first movie I saw was The Invisible Man. With Elizabeth Moss. Was Elizabeth, yes, Elizabeth Moss. And I I left the theater thinking, well, I don't have a lot to say about this. So I went to see a, a, a port, uh, The Portrait of Lady on Fire. A Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yes. At the screening room. Yes. Um, one at the multiplex, one at the screening room. Yeah, and, and that I that I have much more <laughs> to say about. So I'm actually, I'm actually going to start there. Um, it's the most fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, so uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a really interesting foreign language film. It is not in English. There are subtitles. Is it French? It's French, but I do believe there's a second... I do believe there's two like languages. Spanish. I am maybe? not particularly good at languages. I'm gonna start with. I that. know the lady's engaged to a man from yeah. a different country. Yeah. So th- she she's I believe pro- like this is an arranged marriage. She's been yes. promised. I can't remember if it was arranged though, or if she was like sold or promised or given. The uh, like her hand was given in marriage. The to trailer someone says if he likes the portrait. Ah. Okay. He'll so marry I, her. I believe I believe then then it must be she's promised to this person. Also, frame of reference, this takes place in like the seventeen hundreds. Oh yeah, yeah. And and <laughs> it kind of a, a recluse like island. Twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I see if I her like portrait, well, I'll marry her. And that's that's basically the plot of this movie is that they can't get uh this young woman to pose for a portrait because she does not want to get married. So they hire Marianne, who is this um kind of like young painter to to essentially follow this person around and trick her and trick her into get and to get the portrait and eventually like you know she just pose for her but but basically follows her around her life and just tries to like get to know her um and what's interesting about this movie is that even though there was a pretty big barrier especially for me because i i have a i have a hard time if i gotta read something my eyes will go down and I'll read and I'm a little slower at reading than everybody else. So I'll miss things. But right. then if I'm focusing on the visuals, I 100% don't know what's going on. Right. So there were lots of moments in this where I – they called back to something. Like they said something and I caught it and I'm like, wait a minute. When did that happen? Right. Like when did they say that? Like, and, and I completely missed it. But what I will say was very effective about this movie 
and something I did actually really like is the visuals are so striking and the performances are so are so good. You actually don't need dialogue a lot to know what's going on. It's a lot of like stolen glances. Oh, for sure. And like as as people may gleam from this movie, it, it is really about these two women getting to know each other and getting closer. It's a love story. It it, it is. And and it but it I think to me, the way it's set up and the way it uses this portrait as kind of the the allegory and metaphor for for getting to know somebody right what they are on the surface versus what they are inside and a lot of the portraits that that Marianne looks at of the ones that failed the like face is missing right and I think that they they I thought that was very strong these metaphors and the way they're using these imagery because yes it's a romance story but it's really it's sort of the idea of transcending romance and friendship. Like, like it's about getting, knowing. Yes. Being seen. Yes, 100%. And being known. And I actually thought that that was very effective. Now, again, I, I will press preface my bias. This is not usually the type of movie that I would go to see. I and think Nicole wrote on our Instagram she comments. Did. Yeah, I saw that. This doesn't seem like a Mike movie. And it's not, but but I can still recognize a good movie even when it's not. So so even though there were lots of things that I found a little slow in this movie, I found a little bit unnecessary with the lagging of the movie, like some like staying too long in a moment and 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 really, Well, it has European sensibilities. Yes, very much so. Um, I still can recognize a job well done when it comes to showing the emotion and and kind of like using imagery to 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 paint and to to use you know in a poetic way tell right. us what's going on. I thought it was very effective in that way. Th- this movie really gets to know these these two characters. I mean, there's probably about I would say only like four or five kind of like main people that you meet because it, it, it she does go to isolated this, island. It is isolated, and she does travel there, and it's really about these two. It's Marianne right. and sorry, I can't pronounce the name. It's something French Hel- or whatever. Helenus or something. Anyway, Helena. No, it's not really Helena, but I think it starts. It starts with an H, but it's not. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but but Marianne is the right. name of the painter. Um, and I I really did like the how believable they made the formation of, of their relationship and their interest in each other and really diving deep um, into knowing somebody and mm-hmm. the use of, of portrait and painting. And the, even like we were talking to being in a show, it's exactly like that. The, using painting as this metaphor for getting to know someone, I thought intimacy. was really well done. Yeah, Which, True intimacy yes. is knowing the other yeah. and accepting them for who they are. Which, that is what as humans we crave. Yeah. Which can transcend and go beyond simply calling it romance. Because yes, it's a romance, but I think it's it's not about... See, that's the thing. I This movie, to me, is not about a woman who's promised to be married to a male discovers she's interested in women. That's not what this is about. This is about someone, regardless of their gender getting to know you in such an intimate and close way that that it's like the purity of of feeling love for somebody i don't think it would have mattered if the person was male female i don't think it but that would have mattered i think the way these two connect with each other is is way beyond their gender is way right. beyond even who they are as people because they come from such different backgrounds so i i really think this is about getting to know the core of a person and they're using this ability of like a, to paint a portrait of someone as almost like a metaphor for we can finally see sort of who they are does she finish the portrait i i don't want to give away the ending i'll wikipedia it. you can wikipedia it i'll ask nicole yeah, but um but i do there there are moments where 
the trust is clearly earned between mm. both of these people like there's there's a trust that is earned and i do yes. think they did a good job of doing that because i think it's too easy to be like oh mysterious person comes this is all lust they showed in a very compelling way that this is more than just an attraction between people this is two people really getting to know each mm -hmm. other and 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 in a really interesting unique way cool so all, all in all like I, I thought it was a really good movie so i'm gonna kind of give it i guess a see it in the sense that if you like this type of movie it is foreign language it does move kind of slowly it is very european in the way it's it's filmed um in the way it's presented uh if you like that you're gonna love this movie if you don't I, I don't think you'll like the movie. Like maybe to, go see the maybe, Invisible Man. Yeah, like to me, it was it's it's not. I don't think I'd ever see this movie again. But I also it's not like an action packed. I'm gonna no, like at all. zone out no. for two hours. And it's not. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even say it's a character study. I would say it's more a drama. of a drama with an emotional study and an emotional impact. Um, but I, I'm still going to give it overall a see it because if you like this type of movie, you're going to enjoy it. Right. If I was just rating it on how I felt about it, middle ground. I'm like, eh, it was all right. Okay. Um, the Invisible Man. A remake. Remake of a remake of a remake. Um, with also like there's been lots of movies that – I'm sure they're calling this like a reimagining. Well, They're so using this... that lame language <laughs> This to... was supposed to be part of what they were going to call the dark universe. Right. So this was supposed to be in the same universe as that mummy film with Tom Cruise. Which tanked. Completely tanked. And that's the reason why this dark universe doesn't exist. Yes. And because you can't – like the, the people want to be like, okay, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we got to recreate that. But Marvel didn't do it at the beginning. It made movies and then And then it fell into yes. a – yeah. The, the dark universe had like a logo ready for it by the time the mummy came out. Like the lo and dark universe logo it's like, was – It's up. like the mummy, the invisible man – Dracula. Um, yes. And um, so what studio? It's like it's like the characters of a certain studio. Universal. Yeah. OK. It's like the uh, Universal Monsters. Yes. Which came out in the third. Like mm -hmm. all of these movies came out in the 30s. Yeah. Um, and the mummy. The like the the good mummy from the 90s with Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Yeah. That was a remake from the, the 1930s mm -hmm. mummy. Mm -hmm. OK. So just for our fans. Yeah. Taylor's working through the lineage and of And a this. lot of people might have seen The Invisible Man, like the the original movie, but also yeah, Hollow the black Man. And white one. Hollow Man was a movie that came out with, with um, Kevin Bacon that was kind of like a spoof on that. Okay. Not a spoof, but like a kind of like kind of like a without calling it the Invisible Man. It was the Invisible Man, but they called it right. the Hollow Man. Right. So the Invisible Man, this this kind of story. So yeah, it stars Elizabeth Moss and she is finally gets away from a an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how, how the movie is framed is she's in an abusive relationship. She finally gets away from him. He seemingly commits suicide, Ooh. but is also just so happens to be like a leading scientist in, in uh, invisibility. Well, in, in optics, in, in like okay. optical frequencies. Right. So, so as you can imagine, he's uh, not dead. He's not dead. Um, and, and we what, shouldn't be laughing. Cause I, from the, think pieces that i've skimmed or i've seen headlines about they're trying to do something pretty serious oh this movie is is very much framed as a serious horror movie right with like but quite like, a bit of a thriller kind of but atmosphere like, to it we got to admit a goofy premise if just because of the world we live in now 
if I was in Elizabeth Moss's situation, I would Horrifying. of course assume that he'd be invisible, though. Yeah. Like, and, uh, and anyone in her life, I'd be like, well, yeah, of course, he was a leader in this in this field, and now he's dead. Like, but yes. <laughs> but uh, still but attacking like, you. Still attacking you. Like, of course. But, like, that's what's interesting about this movie is what it does really well is it does what realistically would happen is, of course, people would think she's insane. And that's where the, like, drama and, like, the the i guess you could call it like the deeper meaning it's trying to have here comes into it's play it's about gaslighting and it's yeah. about you know women saying they're no one believes her yeah like from the beginning nobody really believes her as to what's happening they think she's insane like they inject her with drugs they 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 do what you would actually do right now yeah. if someone you knew started to see things you you would be concerned yeah and she's being haunted by by a, a person who's invisible by someone who wants to do her harm who who she spent a long time trying to escape and is clearly not over it as nor would you be mm-hmm. um and is having a lot of problems um and it's it's very interesting how how the movie does again take something that should be very very serious but because the premise was so ridiculous and i had a hard time kind of jumping on board but once we got there i will say this was a pretty good movie like, okay like as as a just like a thriller horror movie there's it, it's actually quite good right like the idea of someone being invisible and in a room with you and no one can see them is pretty terrifying oh yeah so i think they had that working for it there was just a couple weird things um they they did a convention too much where they faked you out you know, like, how you, there's a certain horror music thing that will, like, cue. The piano keys. Yeah, yeah. So that would <laughs> Time happen. Time to be scared. That would happen when, like, a phone buzzed and then nothing would happen. And they did that too much where, like, right. something would startle you. But they did it too much and it would never was the thing. And then when the actual scary part comes, you're kind of like, okay, whatever. Well, yeah, because the music's not even here and I'm not, like, <laughs> prepped for it. Yeah, it, it's almost as if they trained you to think to not be scared. And then when it happened, it was like, oh, okay. Now, again, I'm saying a lot of negative things because I was middle ground kind of on this movie, but middle ground to like leaning towards the positive because I do think it was an entertaining movie. Like, would you say like as a horror movie, it's a good experience? Yes. Like if you're into horror movies. If you're into horror movies, especially if you've never seen The Invisible Man and you're not really into that, but you like horror movies, but you've not really in, you've never really seen it. You don't know know the normal conventions. Yeah, it's great. It, it's a great movie in, in that sense because it's a modern – it modernizes a, a very old story. It makes it quite terrifying and makes it quite scary. There is no way this could have ever fit into the monster universe, though. So they must have made real changes when they came out because he's not – there's no redeeming qualities here. The thing about the Universal Monsters is that there was – often little redeeming qualities or ways you can they're can, human underneath yeah. it all or or you have someone like van helsing and and he's hunting them down or you have someone like dr frankenstein who turns there's always into, like a hero there's, there's a hero or i <laughs> there's no way the invisible man could exist in i guess elizabeth movie. moss is the hero <laughs> not really um <laughs> but she can't be like that's the thing is like this is kind of a one-off premise because even because okay without giving it away this movie can either end one of two ways she's dead or he's dead, right? Like that's the yeah. only way you can really end this type of premise where it's one person really haunting another and he can't be seen and he's invisible. Either you're going to be able to find a way to kill him while he's invisible or or he's going to succeed and drive her crazy or she's dead or whatever. Like right. that's one of two ways it can go. And neither of those really lends itself to anything else because if he if he kills and is successful, then he's he's you can't really redeem 
that in it's been the way they frame this because this was very much a horror movie from a very a person who is torturing yeah. this like uh, talk about abusive to like the next degree right. like the relationship was awful but then this continualization this this haunting and stalking but being invisible is torturous for her and the thing about like why just as an aside they want to create or they wanted to create this dark universe i have no interest in seeing these monsters together no neither do you me. know what i mean like yeah, like, I could get on a Mummy reboot if Brendan Fraser was in on it. You know what I mean? Like, if sure. they decided, like, cool, like, The Mummy from the 90s, one of my favorite movies. Okay, whatever. Dracula. Absolutely love vampires. Great. If you want to make a Dracula reboot and you pick some really great actors, I can get behind it. In no way, shape, or form do I want to see a movie with The Mummy and Dracula together. Yeah, and, and that's that's the whole point that we've always talked about is it's, it's if when people make these decisions, they get it wrong what people liked about it. They get it. it so – it's like they're – it's like aliens from another planet. Exactly. That it's, are like, yes. well, I heard they well, like well, vampires. You well, know, the Avengers did so well because they all these characters got together. And, and that's why people like the Avengers. No, it's not really. It, it, the buildup was part of it. And the reason why people went to it, for me, was it's the buildup. You're seeing characters through multiple movies. They're all within the same universe, and it builds to something. But, and and it, like, it makes sense because in the comic books, those superheroes are together doing things. Your original source material yeah, it's, supports. Yeah, it, it operates. Yes. But like it wasn't Dracula and Frankenstein – were written by two different people in two different times. They don't take place in the same universe. I believe the first time they were together was like one of those comedy things. What's yeah, that comedy like, duo that um, I, I used know. to watch? The Abbott and Costello. It's only ever. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> it's in my in my opinion for these kind of like horror monsters. It only ever becomes sort of it becomes silly. When the two are together. You yeah. know, it was like even like Freddy versus Jason. No, it's true. It becomes it silly. It was silly. Alien versus Predator. It silly. becomes a silly thing as opposed to something interesting and something that people actually end up wanting to see. And that's why like this iteration of Invisible Man could, could never have worked. But on its own, it was, was good. pretty good. It was good. Like, I, and again, I'm going to give it a see it as well. I'm going to give this movie a see it. Also with a little asterisk of like, is it the best movie on the planet? No. Is it worth it if you love horror and you're just interested in a nice, fun thriller? This is a good movie. Good for March that. movie. Yeah, absolutely. This is a good movie for March. It, it We're finally out of the slog of movies. It's something kind of interesting to see. A little bit different. Yeah, it, and it is. Um, and it do, it is trying to say some serious things. So if you don't have – if you ignore the premise and you don't find that funny, there's lots of things you can – as it's someone – you know, you can get a lot out of this movie. But to be fair, like I'm a horror fan. I'd say the majority of horror movies, when taken out of context, oh for sure, the plots are pretty goofy. I will say, like coming out of this movie, I think it's a movie that I would say you would enjoy. Okay. Like you would go to the Invisible Man and you would enjoy it, but as a standoff one thing. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Like what? They're gonna bring the Invisible Man back and team him up with Dracula? Why? Dumb. Yeah. Dumb. Why? Why would you do? That? And we don't like him after he tortured Elizabeth. Moss. Whereas, <laughs> like, like, we're not a though, fan of this. Even though Dracula is evil. Yeah. We still like it. So I am going to give uh, – I'm going to give it a see it. I'm going to give The Invisible Man a see it. Uh, a, the Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I'm going to give it a see it as well. 
both. But with I think, word of caution. But word of caution really to both. But but really for for portrait of, with, of a lady on fire, I do think if you don't like this type, you're gonna find it kind of difficult. Because I I was still a lot of people find of European movies boring. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a very common and what I'm thing. hearing yeah. is like if you're not into European movies, no, you're probably gonna. Oh, be for bored. sure, this and it this one can be low movie, but even even though it's slow moving, I think it was just under two hours and it wasn't too bad to get through. Yeah. Like they do a good job, but again, if you're not into that style, you're not gonna like it. One thing I just want just want to end on is I did like seeing Elizabeth Moss in a in a film because as we know. She has done no other decent films. Uh, she's just mainly TV and now The Invisible Man. There you go. There, there you, you have go. it. Well, thank you, everyone, for for tuning in uh, uh, this week. And, Taylor, I'm glad that you showed up. Go see the movies. <laughs>